Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of The Issue Podcast. Make sure to check us out three days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Uh, Make sure you follow our social media. Our Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you tell your friends and listen to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Tuesday, January 12th. A lot to talk about today. Uh, Big wild card weekend happened. Oh yeah, it was was crazy. Still came out on the winning end of things though for our picks. We did. Um, Barely. I didn't think we would. No. Barely. um, There were a lot of upsets actually. Yeah, Uh, it was. Yeah, it was close. It was close there for a second. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was refreshing to... uh, to be right on some things. Yeah. Um, so we know we have a pretty loaded show for you guys today. We're gonna get in. We're gonna talk about the Steelers first uh, and that absolute disaster of a game. Oh God! And their future. Like, what do they even do? No. I mean, we're gonna talk about it, but yep. I mean, good lord. Yeah, you'll get that first, and then we're gonna get into uh, some of the coaching. Yeah, and then some a little bit of Seattle. Get into my pick here from September 16th that Russell Wilson will win MVP. That's not looking like it will happen. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about how bad. They played as a whole. Yeah. Um, and you're just going to get the entire recap of Super Wild Card Weekend, and then we will get in. The Natty. To, yeah, the national championship game last night. Shout out Alabama. And then we will get to uh, wrapping up the episode with a little bit of a uh, little bit of NHL starting the up Guinos tomorrow. start up tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. Give the uh, city some hope, yeah. Hopefully a good Pirates franchise. are bad. Steelers looked horrible. Like, abysmal. Atrocious, if you will. Yeah. Hopefully the Penguins can kind of pull something together here. Egregiously terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. Let's get into that and talk about that first, though. The Pittsburgh Steelers lose terribly to the Browns, 48 to 37. To the Cleveland Browns. And. Let uh, that sink in for a second. And that score does not reflect how close it was because it actually was so not close. Like that. It was probably about a 25-point game that the Steelers narrowed into, what, an 11-point game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was bad from the get-go, literally. I mean, let's just read you some of these stats here. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a good game, 21 for 34, 263, three touchdowns, no picks, 115 QBR. Did basically whatever he wanted to do because the defense looked completely incompetent schematically. Um, Nick Chubb ran for 18, 18 carries, 67, or 76 yards, I'm sorry. And uh, then Kareem Hunt punched it in twice. So, uh, as a team, they ran for 130 yards. So, the run defense was just obsolete, not even there, non-existent, bad. Um, Tackling was terrible. Jarvis Landry um, walked into the end zone, probably could have just crawled right into the end zone one time because Terrell Edmonds is bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick Chubb caught a touchdown. Landry caught a touchdown. Hooper caught a touchdown. Pretty much everyone on the Browns had a good game. You know who didn't have a good game, though? Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger looked completely incompetent from the quarterback position. 47 for 68. 501 yards, <laughs> four touchdowns, but here's the kicker. Four picks. Yeah. 86 QBR somehow. I, I don't know. Um, and then we have out-of-this-world rushing stats from the Steelers. Um, James Conner, 11 rushes for 37 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Benny Snell, two touches for 13. And then Derek Watt 
with two touches for two yards. Couldn't even pick up the uh, the fourth and one. Yeah, so it was just a, such a such a bad game. So let's get into something here, right? Let's get into a couple things. Let's get into why we lost this game in specific. The Steelers were out coached as a football team. One hundred percent. Within the first five minutes, you knew the game was over. Yeah. First of all, Pouncey snaps it over his head. That's a lack of focus. That's a lack of practice. That's a lack of discipline. One. That should not happen at the NFL level. Two, Ben throwing a dumb pick. That's a lack of discipline. And then defensively, it looked like they were lost puppies. They did, It looked like they couldn't figure out that Cleveland was going to run the football. Yeah. with uh, It's like they came into the game thinking, well, Cleveland's probably not going to run the football. Why would you think that? With probably the two best, that's the best running back backfield in the in the league. Without a doubt. Their third guy is Darnus Johnson. Didn't even play. Dude could probably start on 15 other NFL teams right now. Start on the Steelers. And he's the third third guy. Well, I mean, that's not even including Chubb and Hunt. Yeah. It was bad. And the Steelers defense looked like they, they were shocked that Cleveland was running the football. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand how they looked, how you could be that poorly coached. They looked... Like, let me just just say this out loud and tell me if you think that Tom was a better coach or a good coach, right? Just say this sentence out loud. Mike Tomlin got outcoached by a guy who sat in his basement, who didn't see his team for a whole week, whose team didn't see each other for a whole week, whose team had one practice for one hour this past Friday. Yeah. Does it sound like Tomlin's a better coach? No. It sounds like he got outcoached by a rookie who was in his basement with no practice. They're yeah. missing their best their best offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard a good analogy yesterday from Colin Coward. I don't know if you listened to yesterday's show or not, but, you know, we, we keep up with all the other shows and, and get different perspectives and, and try to shape this show into... It kind of the best from everything. You know what I mean? Just a yeah. combination. And he used a great metaphor. The Browns, you know, as a parent, you, you raise your kids to be independent. I did see right? this. Yeah, yeah. Right. So when they leave. When the parents leave for the weekend. When the parents leave for the weekend, the kids don't. have to don't, worry about them burning the house down. Right. They don't burn the house down. The Cleveland Browns cleaned it up. Yeah. They took it. They, yeah. Yeah, dad was they, gone they, for the, the weekend. The parents came back when the the house was nicer than when they left. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's exactly what happened. They got they absolutely rolled a Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh Steelers, who had all their pieces together. Really, I mean, outside of Devin Bush and Bud Dupree, they had everybody. Yeah, look, we could keep blaming injuries. Look, you're right. Outside, I, I understand that Bush and Dupree are are top five, top ten at their position, respectively. But you still have TJ Watt. You still have Cam Hayward. But with you still the have talent, we still were a more talented team. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Minka Fitzpatrick. How about Alex Highsmith playing really well? <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, Mike Hilton's the best blitzing corner and the best cover slot guy in the league. Yeah, Cam Sutton's actually the third best cover slot guy in the league, and he's also on our team. Do you want to explain to me? Also, the coaching decision to play Spillane after he hadn't practiced or, uh, you know, played in like five uh, weeks. Well, he's better than the, than the than the alternative. Right, but I mean, it's just so bad. It didn't look good. Here's what I thought was weird on the flip side of the football. Look, obviously we know we can't run the football. Yeah. 
there was an insane stat out there or something like that. I I don't even have it nailed down perfectly. Kevin Dotson, he was like a, what, our fourth or fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. Lineman out of like Louisiana Lafayette or something like that. Yes, of him. And he's played in a couple games this year, and he has let up one quarterback pressure this year. No sacks. One quarterback pressure, no sacks. He didn't start. No. And said, do you know who they started? Matt Filer. Who had two penalties in the first quarter. Matt Filer's not good. Alejandro de Villanueva's not good. Look, and Marquise Pouncey is not good. I'm sorry, he's not good. No, he's How about right. on the fourth and one where he got blown back by a third-string defensive lineman? Yeah. Looked like he didn't even know how to block him. Got completely blown back right into the backfield. Yep, and they came in and just swallowed up Derek Watt. So anyway, yeah, on the offensive side of the football, look, we get that they can't run the football. Big Ben, what are you doing? What was that? Seriously, what was that? People are like, well, he left it all on the field. I'm like, yeah, in the second half, how about he wouldn't have had to leave it all on the field, quote-unquote, if he would have just been competent in the first half? I mean, throwing four interceptions is never the recipe to win a football game. Um, you know, you start the game, and you never really... It doesn't happen too often where the first play of the game sets the tone for the entire game. Well, the first play of the game, you, I, the first play, I'm like, Oh, this game's over. Like, I, as soon as that ball was fault, like, so, well, first of all, as soon as James Conner looked at it and then looked at Ben and then Ben looked at him and then looked at the ball while the Cleveland Browns recovered it, I knew that that game was over. Neither of them wanted to jump on the football. Nobody looked like they even wanted to be there. That comes down to coaching. So now this is a perfect time, perfect segue into it. Look, I get it. You're probably not going to fire Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. Been to the playoffs a lot, a lot, won the division a lot. But this is like saying, so I'll give you an example, right? So if you are given like a like a really really nice house, you have a nice house, yeah, but it's like dirty. You know, that's like saying, that's, uh, Tomlin's given a really nice house. All these weapons, really good owner, pretty good GM, yet they still underachieve. See, what I would rather have as a coach, well, in this analogy, how about a, a more modest house that's really nice on the inside? You don't have that many weapons, but you're buttoned up. How about, how about a Brian Flores? Yeah? Yeah. Right now, today, who do you think is a better football team, Miami or Pittsburgh? Miami. Miami. Do they have more talent? Absolutely not. No chance. Mm-mm. There's no chance. First of all, you're, you're juggling quarterbacks. Look, I get that Ben's not good, but he's probably better than than juggling quarterbacks. You have a better running back backfield. Miles Gaskins, kind of a gadget guy, not really that great. Uh, Breida, Matt Breida, they don't didn't even play him, even though he was a thousand yard rusher last year in San Francisco. They didn't even get many reps. And then their weapons are Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki, who, you know, they're not bad, but they're not this receiving core. No. On defense, they have Byron Jones, who's pretty good, Kyle Van Noy, but he's not, you know, they're not Joe Hayden, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, Mike Hilton with TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt up front. No, not So we're a more time. talented football team. But Brian Flores, they're buttoned up. They're way more resourceful. They're more competitive. And doesn't it come down to culture a little bit, too? 
like actually wanting to play for each other because i mean you look at this game you're playing a division rival you're playing the cleveland browns the most embarrassing thing that can happen to the pittsburgh steelers is to get beat by the browns in the playoffs so, not only did they get beat by them, they got humiliated yeah, by them. So don't you think you'd play with a little urgency? Uh, just like, you know, when there's a ball that gets snapped over your head on the first play of the game, and it, it's looking like it might roll into the end zone, don't you maybe want to maybe sell out and, you know, fall on it? And, and Even if you fall on it in the end zone, I'll take two points instead of seven. Like, let's, let's, how about we cut our losses here? It, it's just baffling to me. And here's the thing. You might not fire Tomlin. That's fine. But everybody in Pittsburgh, I was saying this to you before we started, everybody in Pittsburgh knows what the problem is. Nobody. On offense, yeah. Yeah, on offense. Nobody likes Randy Feekner. The amount of buzz that goes around Pittsburgh talking about how bad Randy Feekner is, how bad his play calling is, how he doesn't put the best plays in. I mean, we're dink and dunking when we're down 28 nothing. Why? For what? Or how about Tomlin's decision to not go for it on 4th and 1 down 12? Yeah. So... In the 4th quarter. So, like, these are decisions that, you know... If everybody knows the problem, and if the problem is so widely spoken about in Pittsburgh, why do they never do anything about it? Because if Randy Feigner comes back next year, it's going to be the same old story. It doesn't take a genius to see it. Now, here's the issue. Look, I like Ben. I get that you know there's a lot of respect for Ben in, in, in Pittsburgh and, and within that organization. Someone with more power than Ben Osberger has to go to him and say, Dude, you are done. You're done. You're, you are done. I don't care if we pay you 100000 or $41 million. You are done. We can't have you back. I'm sorry we can't have you back because here's the issue if you have Ben back. You're probably not going to have – you're probably not going to want to change the offensive coordinator for Ben's last year, which means you then have to deal with the same thing again next year. Like what changes next year realistically if you bring Ben back? Nothing. Pouncey retires? Sweet, so we have probably a worse center. I don't like Pouncey. I think he's really, really bad. But a new center is probably not going to be any better. No. Unless but- you go out and pay big money for them, but – that's only if Ben is going to rework his contract. Like, someone has to tell Ben, like, look, dude, enough's enough. Enough's enough. We're done underachieving. Yeah. I mean, like, we got to rework this thing because it's not working. You're bad. You're not a good quarterback anymore. I'm sorry. You're done. It's now been 10 seasons, three playoff wins, and we've beaten the Patriots Moore, twice. In the playoffs, we've beaten. Ben has two playoff wins in the last 10 years. We know he's beaten. Matt Moore and Alex Smith. And he actually probably doesn't even beat Alex Smith if it wasn't for a a, a crazy holding call on Eric Fisher. On, uh, I think, James Harrison. Yeah. It was at 2014 or 15. I don't know. I so it was long 15. ago. No, it was 16. That was 16. Yeah. And then so Matt Moore for the ago. Dolphins where Bud Dupree took his head off. Those are our only two playoff wins. Mm-hmm. Matt Moore and Alex Smith. We couldn't even beat Baker Mayfield. Couldn't beat Blake Bortles. There's a problem in Pittsburgh, and uh, look, I'm sorry, I get it. Tomlin wins games, but to, at some point, you have to look at. It's all relative. Like I said, if I give you a bad house and you make it look good, you know, clean it up, nice interior. How about we put an addition on the back, spruce up the backyard, 
that means more than if I give you a decked out house and it's just like meh, kind of dirty, a little messy, not bad, but not great. Yeah, worse than when I gave it to you. Yeah. Either way, the Steelers need to look to move off of Ben. I think it's time. Um, and so, what what do you propose? Let's find, let's get a nice let's get an end all be all proposal here. What do you propose? Yo, you mean you want to know what I propose? Yeah, go clean ahead. house. I don't think they're going to clean house with Tomlin, but personally, if I'm the GM or if I'm the owner, whatever, get it all out of here. Tomlin gone, Figner gone, Ben gone. Clean house. Let's start new. Yeah, we have so much young talent. They're still, you know, moldable. If that makes sense. If you have a really veteran team and you clean house, there's an issue. Like you're, you know, it's not you're not looking good. Yeah, and we have so much young talent. Like let's get a young coach in here. Let's like let's figure this out. Yeah, I mean, and another thing that has to be looked at is how immature this team is too. I mean, Chase Claypool goes on TikTok live and goes, "Yeah, well, it was a bad win, but." Browns are going to get clapped next week. Like, can you shut up? Dude, they just worked you. Worked you at home with no coach. Like, and missing their top top offensive lineman. Worked you. Not even close. Like, why are you talking? Why? That I, needs to change. Just, Look. It's like we got a bunch of high schoolers on the roster. This is what has to happen. Ben needs to be gone. That's what I'm saying. Someone if, if we keep Tomlin, him. If we keep Tomlin, fine. I'm fine with keeping Tomlin, but yeah, I guess I could settle for that. Personally, I'd, I like I said, I'd still clean house, but we could keep him, whatever. Yeah, I would get rid of Ben, get rid of Feekner. If your name isn't Chase Claypool, Juju, honestly, I'd keep T.J. Watt, T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree. No, Bud Dupree's gone. Kim, make a Fitzpatrick. Make a Fitzpatrick. Make me an offer, or Devin Bush. Devin Bush too. Devin Bush. Make me an offer. So on, De- on the defensive side, Devin Bush, make a Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt. On the offensive side, Chase Claypool. Well, there's already buzz that... Maybe Juju. There's buzz that Bud Dupree will be, get signed because Cam Hayward is thinking of retiring. Perfect. That's That works. I've said that from the beginning. I said, look, Hayward's not worth the money we're paying him. He's good. He's really, really good. But we're paying him top three money, and he's worth about top ten money. Maybe like the ninth or tenth best D lineman. Yeah. But we're paying him as like the second or third best D lineman. So he's either got to rework his contract or retire. But other than that, make me an offer. You're 100% right. Even if I get a really good offer for Juju, I would do it. I would take it. I, I'm not I'm saying he's Juju. generally – I would generally want to keep him. I'd rather, but if I get a really, really good offer, I got to – I'd rather keep go. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. I'd rather those two than just, Juju. I, Juju, it just depends on the number that he's going to ask for. Yeah. You know what I mean? If he's asking for the – you know, 30th to 35th best wide receiver in the NFL, then you pay that. I don't know what that number is. Probably like, what, $7 million a year? I don't know. I don't know Maybe. what the number is. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting I don't know what that season. number is, but if he's asking for that number, I take that all day. If he's asking for the a top 15 number, absolutely not. No, no. way, because he's not even, like I said, 30 to 35th would be a compliment to him, to his production. Paying him as the 35th best wide receiver He's not even the 35th best wide receiver statistically. Not even close. Not this year. He's somewhere on the 45th. Look, he hasn't been good since AB was here. This was. Did you know this was his first game where he had over 100 yards? Um, it, actually, he's had two games before this playoff game where he was over 100 yards since AB left. Two. 
and he's supposed to be our number one? Give me a break. Yeah, I, I, I think... I mean, 13 catches, 157 yards, a touchdown. Look, that's great now, but a lot of that came in garbage time. Yeah. And, and the Cleveland Browns were giving us those underneath passes that went for 10, 15 yards because they were playing prevent defense. They just weren't letting anything go over the top. Yeah. And they didn't even do that good of a job at it, honestly. Because Ben still found Claypool a couple of times over the top. Yeah. It was uh, it was bad. It was bad. We'll see. Um, all right, how about let's get into Seattle. Russell Wilson, you know what else is bad? For Russell the first Wilson. time in Russell Wilson's career, he lost a football game for his team. Yeah. And I don't even feel uncomfortable saying that. Let me just read you some stats here real quick. The Rams on offense, their quarterbacks, John Wolford and, and Jared Goff combined, went 12 for 25 for 184 yards and a touchdown. a rough, Roughly a QBR of like 80. They rushed for under four yards a carry. And they had no receiver above 80 yards. And they won by 10. Yeah. Russell Wilson threw a costly screen pass that got turned into six. Mm-hmm. He looked thoroughly incompetent. He only completed 11 passes. Went 11 for 26, or 27. 174 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, a QBR of 72. And can I just say this, too? The Seattle offensive line gets dominated by this L.A. defensive oh, line. Oh, yeah, Russell Wilson was sacked five times. But I was I watched that game start to finish. I, I could feel confident saying that three of them were 150% his fault. Really? Swear to God. It was the worst thing I... I you could ask the person I was watching it with. They go, I'm I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, and out of nowhere, I I, I scare the crap out of them, and they go, what? Because I scream, get rid of it, like screaming at the top of my lungs, get rid of it. Russell Wilson was holding the ball for six, seven seconds, and I'm not talking holding it out of the pocket. I'm talking sitting like a duck in the pocket, just holding on to the football. Hold on to the football. It was painful to see the the lack of accuracy, the lack of of, of urgency. I was really disappointed in Russell Wilson. He, it was bad. He he lost them the game. It, it's just really that simple. Um, I mean, it, it was upsetting. I just don't understand how. Uh, I like okay. This is one of the games though where it's not incredibly surprising that the Seahawks lost, right? These are two division rivals. They're they're very good teams. Pretty evenly matched. This too. is the third time they've seen each other this yeah. year. Um, so they know each other. They know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They know them better than really any other team in the league. You know, they're division rivals. So I wasn't surprised that, you know, the Rams looked good and, and, and that they won because this was probably one of the easier upsets to predict, but just the way that Russell Wilson looked, that was what was surprising to me, because I was thinking, if there's going to be anything that could possibly win Seattle this game, that could push them to win this game, it was going to be Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah, it's got to be Russ. You let Russ cook. I I don't know. Russ burned himself on the grill last night. He burned the food, yeah. Um, So if you're in Seattle this morning, B. Carroll, what do you do? He looked thoroughly outcoached. He looked really outcoached, and you know what? He's getting old, and he's been outcoached 
numerous a lot times. in his career. Numerous times this year. Let's look at their losses. So in the regular season, let's see here. In the regular season, first of all, they ended the year almost losing to the Niners, who finished six and ten. Mm-hmm. Close to the, with the Washington football team, Ron Rivera, who was out of the game for a while. Lost to the Giants. Got he got thoroughly outcoached by Joe Judge, who's a first year coach. Almost got outcoached by Doug Peterson, who's now looking for a job. Was way too close against Cliff Kingsbury, who I think might be one of the most overrated coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. Bad, just a bad coach. Yeah, didn't look good down the stretch. Got a coach by the Rams in Week Ten. Got killed by the Bills. Didn't even look good. Their their defense looked heinous. Cardinals beat them. How about when they uh, almost lost to the Vikings when they when the Vikings had a perfect game plan for Seattle and they couldn't figure it out till the fourth fourth quarter. It's not good. It's not. They're they're not good. And you look at some of these wins too. Like this San Fran game, like I said, when we covered this at the beginning of the week, or I guess the end of last week, guys, they won nine. Or they were nine to six going into the fourth quarter. Yep, nine to six with the offensive weapons that you have with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. You have a good team, and you're gonna put up. You're gonna put up nine points in three quarters. Yeah, look, I'm telling you, there's something wrong. I. I don't think it's Russell Wilson. I think obviously he played really, really bad. But you know this what? past week, and maybe not that great down the stretch, but he still finished with forty-two hundred yards, forty touchdowns, thirteen picks. And you know you're allowed to have a bad game when you're Russell Wilson. Like, look, he's carried this team the entire he's season. A franchise. He's been one of the only rays of light for for the past couple of years. And it's just, uh, and it's not even because he doesn't have weapons. It's because that system is just so archaic. It's yeah. holding him back. It's holding him back. I don't understand how... Look, I get Pete Carroll's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame because he won a Super Bowl. And he's, he's generally won a lot of games. Without Russell Wilson, he had two 7-9 seasons. Are we sure he's a really good coach? No. Are we sure? No. I, 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 I'm not. I no, don't think so. I'm not sold on it. Um, I, I mean, I, I need to see... I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the next team to move off their coach. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. Um, but, yeah, that's about all we have for this segment. Uh, mm-hmm. When we come back, we will have the rest of the wild card games. Uh, we will have the Eagles coaching decision and, uh, you know, how they handled that, what our thoughts are, who would be a good fit, and then we will cover what happened last night in the Alabama-Ohio State National Championship game and finish it off with the Penguins. So don't go anywhere. You're not going to miss it. Yo, what's up? We are back. Second segment. Pretty good second segment here on a Tuesday. We're January yeah. 12th now, yeah. All right, moving right along here in 2021, yeah. Yeah, thank God, kind of, man. I mean... Well, it's, so far it hasn't really started much better than 2020. Yeah. Uh, I think if we're looking at, at the first 12 days of each year, actually, I think 2020 might have started better. Yeah, Because I mean, what? quite honestly. I think it started going downhill when Kobe... Um, passed away. What was that? Yep, that was kind of the first little so, bit. Like, the, that was later in January, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so I mean like... I mean, we had California first, wildfires too. And yeah, the stuff, first like 12 we, days, I think so far, I think I'd rather 2020 so far. Yeah, um, which, you know, 
that's not a good thing to want. But to be fair, I think there's also a spillover effect, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, um, things should start getting normal again around July ish. People are predicting. Uh, yeah, we'll what see. I'm hearing medical experts say. I'm not getting my hopes up. I oh, think I'm I've just, not. I think I've made my peace with just like whatever. It's, it's gonna suck until it doesn't suck. Basically. Basically, I made my peace with it's just gonna suck for a long time. So yeah. I think we'll just yeah. Um, but you know what didn't suck? We both had a winning record. Wildcard weekend. Yeah. Super wildcard weekend plus the national championship game. So seven total games that we predicted. We both won four and three. A um, little bit different ways to do it. So I took Seattle minus three and a half. You took LA plus three and a half. So you got that one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so we covered that game already. We covered the Cleveland and Pittsburgh game. I took Cleveland plus six. You took Pittsburgh minus six. So I got the win there. You got the loss there. So now we're each one and one. I should be five and. And then from every every everything else, we took the same. So yeah. So let's start with how about Buffalo? We 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 both lost this one. I think a lot of people lost this one. Buffalo was a minus six and a half on Thursday when we when we predicted they were minus six and a half on Fox Bet. Um, they win 27-24, but obviously did not cover the spread. I thought Josh Allen looked – it looks like to me like he's progressing into one of those guys where it's like – I feel like there's a there's a, there's a class of guys, right? So it's, it's really, really good. And this is outside like our quarterback tiers. This is kind of like logical thinking. You're just watching the game, right? Yeah. There's guys that you're like, okay, they're, they're pretty good, but I think our defense can stop them. And then there's those guys where it's like, uh-oh. They you're looking at him like a week or two ahead, and you're like, dude, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. Like our defense, there's no way. No. Anyway, I think he's developing into one of those guys. He always, well, not always was good. He was always like decent, you know? Mm-hmm. And even at the beginning of the year, like, okay, like, you know, he's pretty good. Like, we could have some struggles. Now it's like, I really don't want to face Josh Allen. Like, I don't. No. He's in the class. I'm not saying he's in the class with Aaron Rodgers and them, but he's in the class of, I don't want to face you. In that same class as Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, I'd put Brady in that class. Yeah, still. Um, Even Lamar, just because he does things that no other humans can do. I mean, if you watch that. Like the fear Baltimore, class. I just yeah. said it's the fear class. Yeah. Yeah, good. I mean, we'll get to the Baltimore game later, but Lamar looked absolutely shifty. He's so good. Um, but uh, So Josh Allen looked really good, led his team in rushing as well as passing. He had 11 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. And then added two more through the air, 324 yep. yards. Only had nine incompletions. Mighty efficient. They really, QBR. really leaned on him, and he didn't. He didn't disappoint. He didn't. Stephon Diggs continues to prove he's a top, probably three to four wide receiver. Absolutely. Six catches, 128 yards, one touchdown. I thought it was impressive from a coaching standpoint. Look, the Bills didn't control time of possession. They had less total yards. They had less, actually less total passing yards. They had less rushing yards. Turnovers, there were none on each side, so that's even. But they had less rushing yards, less passing yards, worse time of possession, worse total yards. Yeah, they didn't look. They won the football game. Yeah, like they statistically didn't look like they should if have won that yeah, game. Yeah, if your box were watching, that didn't look that didn't look good for them. No. But on only 58 plays, they had 397 yards. They averaged almost seven a play. You know what that tells me? That's called really good play calling. Yep. They're dialing up the right plays at the right time. They're getting chunk yardage. I think that just speaks to how good Brian Dayball is. Brian Dayball and Sean McDermott, who's already the head coach. He, what they've built there is is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really impressive. They're now fourteen and three technically, if you include this win. Um, that's really good. Minus the the Hale Murray, they've won their last what I think twelve. If you if you take that game out, 
which they outplayed Arizona all game. Yeah. So they won that Colts game, won the Dolphins game, that's two. Patriots, three. But beat the Broncos, that's four. Steelers, that's five. The Niners, that's six. The Chargers, seven. And then the Cardinals game would be eight. And then they beat the Seahawks, that's nine. Patriots, ten. Jets, eleven. And then the Chiefs. So they've won ten out of their last eleven. Should be eleven out of their last eleven. That's impressive. It's insane. Um, I think I think Brian Dayball is going to be. I think he's going to be a pretty good coach. I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. We have him um, to the Chargers, which I think would be a really really good fit. Yeah, he would be really good. I don't there. want him to go somewhere where he's going to get wasted. Yeah. Like the Jets. Like, I like Matt Campbell. We have him going to, to the Jets. I don't think he even will because they're having a request an interview yet, which is insane. The Jets are so poorly run. I shouldn't be shocked at this point. But I don't want him to go somewhere he's going to get wasted, like the Lions, the Jets, maybe even the Texans. I think he's too good for all of those organizations. Right. And, uh, you know, another thing that we can talk about when we get to the coaching carousel is you know, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. And that changes things in Houston a lot, coaching-wise, um, and how attractive that job is. I, I know yeah. there's talks, and they're talking right now that there's they're starting to work out deals between Houston and Miami. Tua for Deshaun. That would um, be huge. That so, would be huge. I don't think it'll happen. Here's why. Here's what I don't think that Deshaun Watson's understanding one, you're the quarterback. You're not the GM. Okay, I get that you're the franchise, but you're well, not even the GM. You're not the owner. You're not the president. You're not the CEO. You're not the GM. You're not the coach. You are the quarterback. How about you focus on the locker room and focus on the game? Yeah. Look, I get that you could. Oh, I, I want you guys to hire this guy or or interview this guy. That's all good and well, but in the real world, in real life, if I if I went to my boss and said. I need you to interview this guy or hire this guy or do this, this, that. And he didn't do it. Look, like, what am I going to do about it? Nothing. What am I be like, oh, I demand that you trade me? He's going to be like, dude, just go home. You're fired. Yeah. If I made a fuss like that, he'd be like, dude, you're fired. Like, Deshaun, this isn't how real life works. And so I don't think what he's realizing also is that you're a top five probably quarterback. At least statistically this season, you were a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you're probably a minimum top seven quarterback. And the quarterback position is ever is more valuable right now than ever. And you're really good. Which means whoever team gets you is going to have to give up severe draft capital, money, players, proven NFL players. What makes him think that it's going to be any better when he gets there to a team that just gave up the world to get him? Yeah. So now you have the expectations because they gave up the world to get you. And you don't have any of those players. You don't have any of those draft picks, players, money, anything. Right. I don't know. It's uh. And if the team's bad enough to want to trade all that for a quarterback, they're probably not that good to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So why do you want to go there? He just get get it through your head, man. Like yep. You you just signed this contract. It basically makes you untradeable because you're making uber bucks. You're making the second most of any quarterback in the league. Yeah. And uh, that basically makes you untradeable. That contract's not tradable. That's true. And there's a no trade clause written into that contract too, so he would have to have that reversed and, and rework something 
uh, to to get rid of that no trade clause. But um, all right, we we segue, we segue. How about we get into now? We both called this one Washington plus eight. Yeah. Um, against the Buccaneers, they perfectly nailed it because they lost by eight, thirty-one twenty-three. Little sneaky little cover there. Yeah, I liked that. That was nice. Um, we both hit dub there. How about Taylor Heineke? Wow. I think he, he just earned really himself good. a spot on a roster somewhere, you know? At least a backup. Exactly. Led his team in rushing, threw for 306 yards, had a 78 QBR, which is, look, in the playoffs, I'll take it. All one day. touchdown, one pick, added a touchdown on the ground. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. It's really impressive. He looked good. I Like I said, I think, I think he definitely earned himself a backup spot somewhere. Now, if I'm the Buccaneers, I am not sleeping well right now. Yeah, because you have to look up and, and see the Saints and see Drew Brees and the Saints who absolutely owned you in week what was that like eight or nine? Mm-hmm. No, maybe even before that. And they beat you in week one. Yeah, so you can't beat the team that you're about to about to face up against. You barely beat the Washington football team led by a guy named Taylor Heineke, who was taking classes to finish an engineering degree when they called him. <laughs> he was a backup in the XFL. And you almost got beat by him. You know, I'm not sitting... I, I'm not sleeping well if I'm a Buccaneer fan. I'm not. No. Um, Brady looked fine. Not efficient at all, though. 22 for 40. I need I need more efficiency than that. And, and, I mean, a lot of people predicted he wouldn't go far this year, right? This is, I think, further than I would have expected Brady to get, uh, especially in his first season with a brand-new playbook, no training camp, you know, no preseason, nothing. I think um, I think this is further than we expected him to go, but I, I think this is where the road ends for Tampa. Uh, I think New Orleans absolutely hands it to him. Yeah, yeah, I think New Orleans wins, but uh, we'll get to that anyway. Um, on Thursday. On Thursday, but look, Washington, they're not that far off, I don't think. I think they're a, a good quarterback away. Look, I think Taylor Heineke played great. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's not the quarterback of the future. He'd be a really, really good backup. Mm-hmm. Fantastic backup, I think. But I think uh, if you're if you're Ron Rivera, you got to go out in the draft and get get your guy. This is a big loaded draft class. The only problem is they're going to be drafting somewhere on the twentieth slot. That's not you know necessarily ideal to but draft a quarterback this year. You have to try to reach and grab one. I think so too. I think even see, I think a Mac Jones would be fine there. Mac Jones would be. I think he'd be good there. Or Trey Lance. Or, or a Zach Wilson from BYU. Who knows? He could be around in the 20th slot there. Yeah. You never know. We'll see. Definitely something to consider. All right, all right. How about we're, we get another loss here? Tennessee. You are kicking yourself on this. You were about to take Baltimore. I convinced you to take Tennessee. Well, we both went down the tank there. Tennessee was a plus three underdog. They lost by seven, so they did not cover the spread. You know what? You know what makes me mad about this? <laughs> the logic we used was so good. Yeah. Well, that, and if I would have stuck with my gut on here, right, and if the Pittsburgh Steelers could have been somewhat competent, what would I be? I'd be 7-1. <laughs> be 6-1. There was only seven games. He'd be 6-1. I'd be 6-1. and one. Yeah. You know what? Stick with your gut, people. But um, Lamar played okay. Throwing the football wasn't great, but I will say he did enough throwing the football where they had to come up and where they had where they had to drop back enough to respect it. And then he was able to run for eight and a half a carry for 136 yards. 
six touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins had a touchdown. As a team, they ran for 236 yards. You know, I thought I thought he did enough through the air for them to respect it, and they were able to run the football because of it. Yeah. Um, Which I think at this point in Lamar's career, look, if you're winning games like that, fine. You don't have to be that prolific of a passer. As long as it allows them to run the football, that's their identity. They know what they want to do, and they execute it. And Derrick Henry on the flip side looked tired. He looked beat up, and he did not look like he wanted to be there. Looked like he couldn't carry the load any longer for this team. No. And, uh, look, I said, I've always said that my worry about Ryan Tannehill is what happens when Derrick Henry can't be good. Well, we just saw that it's an 83 QBR. It's it's 18 for 26 for 165 yards, one touchdown. A crucial interception. Yeah. And leading to only 13 points for your team. That's that's what I worry about right there. Look, I get Ryan Tannehill's had a top four QBR this year. And since he's become a starter, he's a top five quarterback, actually, statistically. But there's an effect that's what happens when when things aren't perfect you got to factor that in and and we saw that when things aren't perfect that wasn't it wasn't that was not a good showing for Tannehill and you know that's why Tannehill's been on the lower end of our tiers all year yeah he's still a top 12 quarterback but he's probably closer to 12 13 14 I'd than say he maybe is, 15 yeah then he is you know 11 10 9 8 yeah um you know we talk about it all the time. I think he's kind of lived in that third tier. He's even bounced from third tier down out of the tiers completely and then back up in. He went to the in. second tier one time as well, but he, he's, that was when he went on a tear a little bit there. He's mainly lived in that third tier where, where you need a lot of help. Yeah, or not I think a that's lot, about but, you know. right, though. Yeah, because he needs Derrick Henry. I mean, we even have good. Lamar in that because, look, we've never seen Lamar without a, without a good offensive line, but... What happens if Lamar doesn't have the third best offensive line? What happens if Lamar didn't have a coach that said, you know, we'll, we'll rework our whole football team for you? Like, Lamar needs that help. Or what mm-hmm. happens if he doesn't have good running backs like J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, uh, Mark Ingram? Then the same thing that happened to RG3 would happen to him. Exactly. So, so, look, Lamar, I think Lamar's really, really good. But he needs more help than people give him, than people are willing to admit. Yeah. But uh, overall, I really wouldn't want to play Baltimore. If I'm Buffalo, I'm not sitting, you know, I'm not like. I'm preparing for this game. Yeah, I'm not like thinking it's going to be a breeze. No, yeah, this is, this game I think is going to be a really exciting one to watch. I'm kind of excited to predict on Thursday. I'm very excited. We're going to have to do some deep digging here and uh, get into some. Some advanced stats here to see. You know, we should throw some. Uh, we, we should bet a little something on these next predictions. See how we do. Whoever has the better record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This coming Thursday. All right. Throw some scratch on it. Maybe some launch or something. Yeah. All right. How about let's get into the game? Who I want to talk about the broadcast. What do I do with the game? Did you watch any of that Nickelodeon broadcast? It was actually kind of good. It was weird. You know, I liked the. Uh, I liked that it appealed to the younger. Yeah. Generation. I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't, no. For more than 30 seconds because it drove me absolutely insane. The commentating was not good. No. The graphics were fine. You know, like the... the, the well, the first of all, the, the camera quality, I mean to say, and the graphics, they were both good. Yeah. I like that they interjected some... What was that? What was that? The little kid that started telling rules and stuff? Yeah. The Sheldon guy, right? Uh, young Sheldon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, we go, there we go. Sheldon. Yeah, that was cool. I thought I thought it appealed to to the younger generation, which is good. You want to get younger people playing the game, interested in the game. Right. I like the move overall, but yeah, I wouldn't watch it for more than you know thirty seconds if I'm over the age of like ten. No, yeah, but I do think they did a good job. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see. Um, how about Sean Payton got slimed? 
dude was wearing Jordan 11s. What is he doing? Yeah. He had the Concord Lows on. Yeah. Uh, it hurt to see. Yeah, that hurt to see. As a sneaker bit. lover who also has Jordans. This guy got slimed in Concords, man. <laughs> those uh, are like 250 bucks. Yeah, but I understand that that's not a lot for Sean Payton, but those are good shoes, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, maybe some, like, you know those, like, old black Nikes that everybody has in the back of their closet that they kind of just, like, wear for, like, beat-up Grass shoes? cutting right. and, you know. Just, like... Yeah. Like, the... Like whenever you're, you're going, going to shag some balls for for your guy hitting some BP, you yeah, know? yeah, or, or like even like it's it's rainy outside, it's you know crappy weather. You're not trying to wear your nice. You wear the bad Nikes from the back of the closet out. You know, they're not bad. That's what not, you, yeah. yeah, that's what you wear to go get slimed. In. Yeah. You don't go get slimed in like the top premier sneakers of the freaking yeah. year. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> um, all right, well, so how about we still got the win on New Orleans covering? They were at minus nine and a half. Nine and a half point favorite there. They win by was a was a twelve. You know? Yeah, they win by twelve twenty one to nine. I know on some betting sites the line was like ten ish or something like that, or or, or or like maybe it was eleven. Because I saw this one video, this guy was flipping out the Chicago because the time expired that they couldn't kick yeah, the extra point. Yeah, I saw that too. He was flipping out, so I'm not sure if he like had the uh, like a like a like a block almost where he had the numbers like zero and one mm-hmm. or something like that or if he had some sort of betting line that was was different than what we had but he was flipping out that was funny it was hilarious um but I thought overall look I mean Mr. Bisky played decent I look 19 for 29 199 yards uh, a touchdown no picks no picks against that that defense was impressive yeah um, he had a 97 QBR look he had no running game Outside of his production, he had three carries for 10 yards. They had what, so they had 16 carries for 38 yards. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Yeah, and I mean, Chicago's that team that we said, you know, they shouldn't have even really yeah, been just, invited yeah. to the wedding. You yeah. Know? Like, come on. The but, time uh, of possession was a gaudy amount, uh, lopsided. Uh, New Orleans possessed the ball for 39 minutes, Chicago 21. <laughs> Uh, total yards, New, New Orleans killed them. Uh, it was just... It was abysmal. It was a thorough, thorough beatdown, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Even that touchdown was a garbage time touchdown literally as time expired. So, it was a 21-3 game. that catch, game. though? It was sweet. <laughs> nice catch. <laughs> nice. nice catch. But I think that was an easy one to predict, the 9.5 spread there. That was, that was no-brainer. Yeah. Um, That's about all we got there. Let's go ahead and talk about this coaching, eh? For all the right. uh, Philadelphia Eagles. First of all, they, they, they fired Doug Peterson. I agree with it. 100%. Look, so let's just... Hold on, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think that Doug Peterson's fired? Do you think that that was mainly due to the uh, to the decision to yank Jalen Hurts out of that game? Because I don't think it helped. Okay. But I think it was more... That decision was more of a nail in the coffin because look say this out loud he you get a quarterback who clearly needs development he's from North Dakota State you think he's going to come in polished no in Carson Wentz right You're, he's not coming in polished so he needs development and you do a great job developing him he turns into an MVP front runner until he gets hurt then you go win then then your your GM signs him to a 150 million dollar guaranteed contract so what should be your focus as a head coach? Do everything you possibly can to make him the best quarterback he can be. 
You maximize his talent. Yep. What do you instead do? You have a huge hand, because I've heard a lot of reports that he actually was the one that wanted to draft Jalen Hurts even more than the GM did. The GM said he's on the draft board, and he if he's there in the third or fourth round, we'll take him. Doug Peterson said, no, we're taking him in the second round. So you nurture that relationship by taking an overrated quarterback in the second round who can't throw the football. Mm-hmm. He, 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 look, I get it. He's electric. He can run. Sometimes he can make the throws. He lacks accuracy. He lacks deep ball accuracy. He lacks arm strength outside the numbers to make those push-across-the-field anticipation throws, which is huge as an NFL quarterback. So you nurture the Carson Wentz $150 million relationship, your whole franchise. You treat him by drafting a quarterback in the second round. Why? And then you bench him for that quarterback. And then fine, you want to bench him. Look, I get he was playing bad. So then you say, well, you're going to roll with Jalen Hurts now. Okay, right. Then you're going to nurture that relationship by benching him for Nate Sudfeld. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So I thought it was indicative of more of his lack of control and lack of development of quarterbacks as a whole. And look, take away the Super Bowl year. Let's look at Doug Peterson's record, right? Doug Peterson record, right? Let's see. So they went 13-3 and that Super Bowl year, won the Super Bowl. Years other than that, seven and nine, nine and seven, nine and seven, four and eleven. I mean, you want to add those up? So he's overall he's forty two oh oh four eleven and one, sorry. He's forty two, thirty seven and one. Take out the thirteen wins. So what forty two minus thirteen is twenty nine? Yeah. Twenty nine, then you take out the three losses there. He's twenty nine, thirty four and one. Minus the Super Bowl year, so that, that's that that's what he is. Yeah, I mean, that's what he is. That's I mean, that's a, that's not good. That's not a good coach. No, but I think the Steelers should look at him as their offensive coordinator, as his offense, as the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think so too. You were saying this before the show started. Do you mind explaining your reasoning for the listeners? He clearly knows his X's and O's. He's an Andy Reid tree. You know, branch. Yep. Which means he's a genius offensively. He ran the Philly Philly in the biggest game of his life. Mm-hmm. He outcoached probably the best coach ever in the Super Bowl that year. He clearly knows his stuff. Yep. It's just I think he the management of a locker room was the issue. You know what? You don't have to manage a locker room if you're an offensive coordinator. You just got to be a grown-up, which I think he is. I don't think that's an issue. I think... I just think he 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 made some mistakes. Um, like I said, from a from a locker room standpoint, and I think if we get a new quarterback in here, imagine cleaning house. And even if you want to keep Tomlin, fine. Tomlin, Doug Peterson, brand new quarterback. That'd be Sam scary. Darnold's on the market. Yep. Sam Darnold's on the market. Sam Darnold was a more talented quarterback than Josh Allen in high school, in college, in his pro- early pro years. Yep. Now it's not even close. I'll take Josh Allen, but. Sam Darnold has the potential. Could you imagine that? He has he has the weapons in Pittsburgh too. Do you know if you're a quarterback looking to go somewhere and they know Ben isn't coming back? This is a pretty attractive place. Do you know how attractive the Pittsburgh job is? Especially if you get Doug Peterson, which I don't know if they're even thinking about it, but could you imagine? You get a 
you get an organization that has tons of young talent at receiver and, and an organization that drafts incredibly well at receivers. Pretty much everywhere, though. They draft, they draft pretty well almost everywhere. Yeah. When's so, the last time they draft or uh, signed like a huge free agent? They really don't because they draft so well. They don't really need Eric huge Ebron is the only free agent I can think of that they've signed recently, you know? Yeah, and he ended up being terrible. Yeah, it's time to move off of him. But either way. Yeah, I agree. Um, how about for the Eagles opening? Hear me out here, Jason Garrett. Hear me uh, out. Down from Dallas, eh? He knows their personnel because he was Dallas's head coach for a year, so he knows what he's getting in Philly. Mm-hmm. He was the Giants' offensive coordinator this year, so he knows what the Giants have. He knows that division better than anyone. He's been inside two locker rooms, and then he would be inside a third. He's played Washington a billion times. He's played the other teams a billion times. And what he's been able to do with the quarterbacks that he's been given, look, Daniel Jones was obviously way improved this year. Like, it was, like, noticeable improvement this year. Yeah. He threw one pick in his last nine games. That's been his biggest issue. Daniel Jones has mostly been productive. That's never really been the issue. Aside from the interceptions. The interceptions and the fumbles have been the issue. He had one turnover in his last nine games. Jason Garrett. And how about he took Dak Prescott as a fourth-round pick, made him a pro bowler. Tony Romo made him, you know, generally a top-ten quarterback most of his career. Mm-hmm. Dude knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. Played quarterback in the NFL. Coached a bunch of quarterbacks, has had noticeable success with quarterbacks. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. I don't know. That'd be. A, I don't think uh, I'm crazy here. That'd be an interesting move too, uh, just to see how like a rival. Yeah, and to see what he could do with a Carson Wentz and that and that entire quarterback situation in Philadelphia that has just been so messed up now for about three years. Yeah, I um, agree. So. You know, it, it would be interesting for sure. All uh, right, how about... Um, national championship game time, eh? Yeah, Alabama was a minus eight favorite. They won by, like, 30-something. Um, we both got the win there. To me, it was to four and three on the weekend. Pretty good weekend. Yeah. National championship game takeaways. Devontae Smith is going to be a stud at the pro level. Oh, my God. Mac Jones so is good. decent. Najee Harris, the Steelers, he needs to be in black and gold. If he's there in the first round, they should take him. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about the chip. Yeah, uh, I mean, Ohio State was thoroughly outplayed. I, I thought they were a little outcoached, too. Uh, you know, there were a couple of the plays there where they, they were lining up a uh, outside linebacker on Devontae Smith for some reason. Yeah, um, yeah. Boy, ben Borland was, rap, yeah, uh, was on him. Yeah, why? Why? You have one of the fastest guys on the field, and you're going to throw a linebacker on him in, in man coverage. That makes no sense. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the red zone. That's a huge red zone target. Um, interesting decision there. But, uh, no, nevertheless, I think I think just aside from this game. The better team won. Nick Saban is Nick just Saban's an absolute legend. He's the king of college football. Yep. There's, I don't think there's anybody even close. Yeah. All right, how about the Guinos, yeah? Yeah. Uh, let's close things out here. Penguins start tomorrow. Tomorrow at 5.30. Uh, they travel to Philadelphia and play the Flyers in the opening game. Uh, it'll be exciting. Um, I haven't been keeping track of them much, but I think I'm going to really start to this year because, well, A, for the for the podcast here, and then B, look, you know, they might be our only hope for the next couple years to 
to maybe be a competitive franchise. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. We'll see. Yeah, they, um, you know, the, they've changed a lot this season uh, due to COVID. So they're not playing like the big schedule that they usually would. Now they're playing more series like opponents uh, like they would in baseball. So they play Philadelphia. They play the Flyers, the Flyers, and then the Capitals, Capitals, Rangers, Rangers, Bruins, Bruins, Rangers, Rangers, Devils, and then the Islanders. And these are all series. I'm just going to keep saying doubles. Yeah. But <clears throat> Devils, Islanders, and that's about it. So, and then the Buffalo Sabres, I think, at some point. And, and yeah, that's about I think it's it. mostly the division. Yeah, it's all divisional opponents, I think. Let me see. Let's see. Yeah, so the Penguins will only be playing the Capitals, Bruins, Flyers, Sabres, Islanders, Rangers, and Devils this year, uh, all divisional matchups, which, you know, it's kind of tough, tough because <laughs> we have probably the best division in the entire NHL. I mean, you look around, it, it seems like the Washington Capitals, they are always amazing. Loaded. Uh, the Bruins always play tough, always tough. Flyers always play tough. Even the Islanders are never really a bad team. And especially with the younger talent that they've acquired in the draft the past two, Matt three Barzell. seasons. Matt um, And then the Sabres are even getting good. The Rangers are always really good. And, and the Devils, you know, they've yeah. disappointed the past couple of years. But, you never know, though. You know, that's a team that can beat you on any given night. So, um, you know, it should be an exciting season. Excited to get it kicked off tomorrow. Like I said, at 530 in Philadelphia. Uh, the Penguins get their first crack at the Flyers. But that is just about all we have for you guys today. So go to our Instagram, at the underscore issue podcast. Uh, check out what we got posted over there. We should have some more stuff going up within the next couple of days. Um, after you're finished up on Instagram, head on over to Twitter, at the issue podcast. No underscore there, just at the issue podcast on Twitter. Uh, constantly throwing up tweets, updates for you guys about the show. Uh, so make sure you're keeping us, uh, keeping up with us there. Uh, we will see you on Thursday for our picks for the divisional round. Yeah. Um, so guys, thanks for hanging out. That was the issue.